0: Good morning, this is Michael Stoller for the Stoller Real Estate Report on the Cats Roundtable. This morning I have the leaders, the guys who know what's going on in the residential rental business and the condo business. As I call them Robin, Batman and Robin, because they are always together. I have Stephen Kliegerman, who is the president of Brown-Harris-Stevens Development Marketing, and his sidekick, Robin, over there, who is the executive managing director at Brown-Harris-Stevens Development Marketing. So how do we look at it th- today? Was it, was it a good summer, or as we were in the fourth quarter, what's going to happen?
1: I think it was a typical summer. Uh, typically, business slows down in the summertime. But, you know, interest rates rising, uh, and the political atmosphere definitely led to, I'd say, a slower summer than we had expected. Uh, I was with Greg Heim, our uh, our uh, chief economist the other day, and you know, he was saying you know, we had expected to actually have been in or just coming through a recession by now, which obviously never happened, which has kept interest rates higher longer than we expected, which impacted the entire market.
0: Robin, the other day you and I were talking on the phone, you were talking about the size of the market, the number of units, and the absorption. Let's talk a little bit about that.
2: Sure, so for the first time in probably five years, the new development market, as it relates to real inventory, um, and real inventory means any units that are either actively being marketed or, or units that are uh, what we call shadow inventory that actually exist. That that total number is now approximately 5,000 units in Manhattan, and in the new development market, we we absorb roughly 1,500 units a year, right? So. We're we're getting close to somewhere between three and four years of real month supply, and to us, that's a that's a stable market going forward.
0: Now, what was it uh, after COVID?
2: Um, so we were hovering somewhere in in the uh, 6,500 range, um, and what's interesting, you know, Steve mentioned sales have been slower over the third quarter, but when you look at the new units being introduced. To the marketplace versus absorption, we're at, we're actually outpacing the the new the number of new units coming coming online.
0: You were you were talking to me also about that four buildings cons- comprise many of the uh, available units.
2: Yes, so one Wall Street, which was a, a conversion uh, by Harry MacLeod downtown, uh, the Waldorf Astoria, uh, the XI, which is uh, recently came back online um, with the with Wickoff in West Chelsea. Um, and then there's a, another conversion in, in Lower Manhattan. Those four buildings combined make up roughly 1,500 units. So if you just do simple math, you know, 5,000 minus 1,500, that's 3,500 units. So in, in, in theory, we're actually closer to two and a half years of supply. So we, we really need to, you know, bring some, some, see the cranes in the air again, if you will. And everybody, you know, walk around town, you don't see many cranes.
1: And and that that's down from you know, the norm is really three and a half to four years of supply. So we really are seeing uh, an, an opportunity for developers that's presenting itself now. The challenge, of course, is financing in a in a raising interest rate environment.
0: Let's talk about opportunities for developers because you know we have a market of a building like One Wall Street, and you've had other buildings you know that people are looking right now to convert office buildings which are not being doing well into residential rentals and residential condos, especially down in the Wall Street area. What's your thoughts? What's happening on that? And I know you're doing some evaluation for certain landlords and owners with regard to that.
1: So Robin and I have been looking at a lot of opportunities for office to residential conversions. Uh, It it poses uh, both an opportunity and a challenge because a lot of the more modern office buildings actually don't convert well to residential. They're too deep. Uh, they don't have operable windows. Their mechanical systems would need to be completely changed out. Where some of the more historic buildings, the loft buildings in Chelsea per se, do present opportunity for a residential conversion. So we've been asked uh, by numerous landlords to evaluate those opportunities for them. You mentioned Lower Manhattan. There's you know, two huge projects going on down there right now. Um, you know that will add. Uh, over a thousand rental units to the market when they come to market. But those were, I think, very specific opportunities in, in a neighborhood that, right. you that, had the, that allowed it for it. The, for the it.
0: buildings were vacant or right. near vacant, so they didn't have to buy out tenants or right. anything like that. But we're, we're talking more of the, what about the B and C buildings, you know, in the Garmin Center or the Nomad area?
2: Yeah, we found that the, you know, mid-block buildings, unfortunately, just don't work. You you know, you, you don't have proper legal light and air, um, and then you're, you're stuck with windows you know, in two directions. Um, so thankfully we've been able to work with some landlords that have prime corners um, where the core, which is the, the elevator is in the exact right place we would want it for a residential standpoint. Um, and so we do think there are some, uh, I'll call it you know diamonds in the rough, um, and it's just working through a lot of that evaluation work. So our team has a very strict process where we work with our in-house architect we block out, you know, all the, the typical floor plates to understand what it would look like from a residential use. And we will show it to the landlords as um, where you take the core and you move it to the ideal location or you just keep it. And we project revenues, whether it be condos and rentals. And we are starting to see some opportunity given where these class B and C buildings are, are trading. You know, they're, they're in the, I think you're seeing some that are in the 200 or even $300 per square foot range right so that's essentially so way, the price way, of land. Way, way down
0: from eight hundred dollars or or more on that uh with with regard to communities a lot of things are happening on the upper east side let's talk about that with regard to condos and certain rentals that you happen to mention to me robin
2: so in you know the upper east side had the a historic run um in the last five years as it relates to new condo development uh, mickey Neftali had had um Two very successful condo th- sorry three successful condominium developments, um, and there's you know coming off those success stories you now have uh, six significant condo developments that are that are going to you know, start to take shape. There's um, 74th and Third Avenue with Elad, 75th and Third is um, EJS. EJF. Now the, these are
0: condos. Yes. These are
2: all for sale, and then there's um, there will be two rental buildings on the. Corner of 83rd and 2nd developed by the developed by the Torkian family, which is topped out. And then across the street is um La Lazarian. So there's 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 quite a bit of inventory coming, and I would say that's the only true sub market as we look to the pipeline that has a vast inventory as it relates to condos and rentals. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
0: what about the boroughs? What's happening on sales in Brooklyn, and especially besides sales in Brooklyn, the Gowanus? I think so, that's a big topic.
1: So Brooklyn, Brooklyn condominium sales are actually still doing very well. Uh, there's not a lot of inventory in Brooklyn. I less than 2,000 units in total, I believe, uh, in uh, in in the marketplace. About. 30% of those are on the market. The rest are shadow waiting you know, to come to the market, but the Brooklyn market's been doing very well. New building came to market in Williamsburg three months ago. It's almost sold out of uh, nearly, I think, 80 to 100 units. Um, there's, there has not been a lot of new development in the condo world in Brooklyn over the last number of years, the focus really because of the sunset of the 421A has been on rentals. So the Brooklyn rental mar- uh, condominium market actually uh, is, is probably a bright spot in, in the marketplace right now. On the rental side, Robin's done a lot of work on Gowanus, so I'll let him speak to that. But obviously, you've got thousands of units coming to Gowanus, which should be feeder units, by the way, to the condominium
2: market in the future. Robin? So there's, you know, approximately 6,000 units coming online. Um, Most of them were financed with op-zone dollars. Um, So, you know, when you finance projects with opportunity-zone money, you have to hold it for 10 years. Um, So that was one of the big uh, benefactors to the Gowanus rezoning. Um, and as Steve said, the, there really is need for some condominiums um, in the prime core markets of Brooklyn, with only um, two and a half years of supply le- left, and, and very few, very few in the pipeline. That's something that we continue to talk to our clients about, but for you know obvious reasons as it relates to raising capital around condominiums and, and equity, that's that's really the challenge. Um, so we do our best to provide as much data. As possible to you know educate our, our clients and their their partners what about residential rents
1: i mean rents throughout the city have been skyrocketing ever since covid started to sunset uh right now in manhattan any new well first of all there's almost no new rental product being built right now because of the lack of a 421a but the things that are in the pipeline right now are all penciling between 100 and 110 dollars per square foot on an average for their building. And they, they,
0: and they were project, projected at $80. They more. were projected at between 75
1: and 80. So you're talking about a thir- 25 to 30% premium to where they were projected. In Brooklyn, in the better neighborhoods of Brooklyn now, $80 a square foot is becoming the norm. In Long Island City, I'd say $75 has become pretty much the norm. So, you know, rents throughout the city have, have gone up. Uh, and mainly because, again, it's a supply and demand equation.
0: Hey, <clears throat> I'd like to thank Robin and Stephen, otherwise known as Batman and Robin, <laughs> uh, for being with me today. And I'll see you next week on the Stoller Real Estate Report on the Cats
2: Around Thing. Thanks a lot, Michael. Thanks, Thanks Michael. Michael.